0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Big Monday show with my co-host, Mr. Barry Spears, who will be with us after the first break. We have a lot of news this week. A lot of news that uh, came out just before we went on air. A lot of stuff to talk about. Barry and I went to the Pegasus on Saturday. We had a good time. Did not catch a lot of tickets because it was a chalk fest, but uh, it was still a great race. Life is good. Was was uh, was really uh, put on a put on a performance. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about 20 the undercard races. We'll talk about the latest development of a major, thoroughbred operation, being discussed on a wiretap in federal court today. Uh, before that case was suddenly halted for medical reasons. Uh we'll talk about uh, someone got caught sneaking out of their room at night. I'm sure you know who that <laughs> who that is and what that means. We'll we'll discuss that a little bit. Um we'll talk about uh uh Texas joining in on the uh, uh the case against uh ISA they've made a decision the Attorney General in the state of Texas put a press release out saying that they are um, joining the case the HEPA West Virginia cup several other states have against the HISA law which uh, we'll see what we'll you know, kind of see where that goes and um, you know we'll talk a little bit about the the Derby preps last week and then the upcoming ones this week and just a, a ton of stuff going on and and uh, a little bit about the Baffert case from last week that we uh, had just touched on as just had kicked off when we had aired last week, but that is now over and the recommendation is forthcoming sometime. We're not even sure about that. And then we of course learned about the upcoming Bob Baffert related uh, Medina spirit case that the Kentucky horse racing commission is finally going to uh, call. So A lot of stuff to talk about. We'll be back here in just a minute. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms' stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, make it big, just made a three-for-three, three, winning the $400,000 springboard mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacresstallions.com or on Twitter at passtallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hey guys, I wanted to make you aware of a new company that's out. They're making some really cool apparel and other swag Fan Tack wwwfan Check it out. They've created a bunch of logos and stuff for uh, an expanding list of jockeys, and they also are doing some going in circles swag. So if you want any uh, T-shirts or hats, hoodies. And- Cell phone covers, check it out. Fantac, F A N T A C K. Hello, Barry.
1: Hello, Charles.
0: Well, cover tonight. Understatement.
1: <laughs> lot. lot went on. This weekend, and, hot yeah. stories on sizzling. <laughs> it's maybe too hot, too hot for Some TV. Them, that's for sure. <laughs> Not too hot for
0: podcast. Some of them are, are, are relatively recent developments. Um, but um, <laughs> well, we went to the Pegasus
1: Saturday.
0: <laughs> yeah, we froze it. Maybe <laughs> that's why it seems like it was so long ago. We we were actually like, like froze, like Ted Williams' head, and we just man. thawed out. It, it, was was, fe- it was a little
1: chilly. Yeah, little chilly. The wind, the wind was the the killer.
0: It would have been fine if it wasn't such a, a a giant festival of chalk. Oh, that that made it worse.
1: The only, I mean the only Fletcher, horse what five Fletcher won five. Or just, six?
0: I, I, well, I think he I, won lost. Five. I lost yeah, but, the one but I bet on did not win, of course.
1: Any anytime he bet he wins five races on a card, you know price is gonna be under ten dollars.
0: And they were all relatively logical horses and they all were I mean that's just sometimes the way it goes, but uh the only the only long shot Day one when we were, yeah, trying to get the, right. uh, the the concession stand lines, which weren't so navigable, but uh, but whatever, it was uh, it was uh, interesting event. It's actually kind of two events at once, in that there's they they've figured out that they can have people over, in their new little carousel and they keep copying other places like the fall meet was the flamingo meet hello, Hialeah, the carousel there's already a carousel, Saratoga but um, nonetheless invited over to the fancy person place until we snuck in late But um, and and if you're a racetrack you cannot keep us out, we will find a way in (laughs) but um, there wasn't as much cordoned off um, places and, and we could kind of go in and out even though the one lady wasn't letting people in to the simulcast room she was only letting them out which was a little weird but um you know upstairs and and, and uh, in the carousel were all the fancy well-dressed people and then there was you know the rest of it was for us regular normal you know kind of cool people but um it wasn't. It just didn't seem as restrictive as, as it has in prior years.
1: True, I mean, you know, last year was like the worst of the worst as far as that goes. We couldn't couldn't leave the breezeway, basically.
0: Yeah, well, we were stuck in the breezeway, and you got a great video, so it sometimes it's it works out.
1: True. This year, the breezeway was the worst place you actually wanted to be because it was breezy it was like an ice it was like a
0: meat ice box in there man It's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was a little tough and and there's always a always a breeze it is a breeze wave, but uh, the breeze was kind of chilly but we survived and we made it and uh, my bankroll didn't survive because uh I don't bet much chalk and uh i mean i think it's pretty you, you can wrap up the races relatively quickly by just saying that um, you know the, the, the Phillies mayor's turf race looked like a one horse race going in and uh, and you know most race it as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean it, it was pretty ridiculous <laughs> how formful it was. Um, There was literally no surprise in that race at all. No, Regal
0: Glory just outside and just ran by him. And I mean, honestly, she was really the only legit grade one type horse in there. And uh, apparently coming out of the race, there's some question as to whether she's going to be retired and bred into mischief or she's going to continue on and race the rest of the year. Hopefully she, she races because she's, you know, the horse that's always there. Got really good form. She, a couple times or you know more than a couple times in races that you know she had a shot in, but there's uh you know it, it, I just would rather see her run for another year, but uh we'll see, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of. Uh, I mean, she was just. I mean, I don't have much else to say about that race. Yeah. And she ran time that race. I mean it was a good addition to the card. It just this particular race just turned up uh a little bit uh, we, you know, one horse was just better than everybody else. Yep. Um the turf, well we had a a back to back and uh, his uh, his fine ran one two. horse <laughs>
1: he ran one two
0: yeah I think maybe this I mean obviously um the horse coming off of the long layoff um um what's his name uh I'm having trouble thinking. colonel Liam C- colonel Liam right <clears throat> off of good job uh he ran well I mean it wasn't as though he he got a good trip, but it wasn't. He was gifted the race. I think the question mark that people w- would ask coming out of that race is, was well, space traveler. Question number two is, why would someone fly Jamie Spencer to ride in that race when like other people were available? Yeah,
1: that's that's the biggest question mark because, in my opinion, for it not Mister Spencer. That horse probably would have been closer, and probably would have at least been right there at the finish, like instead of going 90 miles an hour at the very end of the race.
0: Yeah, he got, and I'm not one
1: mm-hmm. to uh, criticize riders too much, but there was there was a couple rides that day that I'm sure the the jocks involved would want to have another
0: shot <laughs> at true. Uh, I guess they're always as special as on one of, the, the thing about Spencer is though, that he is coming over here is a designated rider for you. someone is actually putting him on a plane. And I believe uh, somewhere this year, this past summer, the stack came up. He was like four for his last 86 mounts or something like that in the U S. So, when a guy is that unsuccessful and it's not like he's coming over here and riding hundred to one shots all the time. Right. So it's just it gets to be a, a question of why do you keep, you know, why do these people keep, why did you get any shots at it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's, uh, <sighs> what's whatever we don't, we don't want to just beat up on old Jamie cause we have a lot to beat up on tonight. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, we kind of, I'd been talking about the Pegasus for months now. And for pretty much at least two months, we had been under the impression that Nick's Go isn't as fast in the early uh, stage of the race as Life is Good is. And I think that there was a lot of hand wringing about the post positions, but I, I just didn't see it as the as big of a deal. I, I just thought that Nick's Go wasn't as fast as um, life is good. I didn't expect life is good to clear off to a five length lead I mean I don't I don't think anyone actually saw that coming uh, getting the lead yes, but clearing off to five lengths and um, you know, <clears throat> some of the contention that, that there was a you know tag team in play just I, no. I just don't see it I mean Nixco go broke okay and then kind of laid on chess chief a little bit. But uh, I mean, life is good. Didn't exactly spring out of the gate. His no. first step, he was like three, you know, maybe three quarters of a length, um, or not, maybe a quarter length behind the three inside of him. But his second and third strides, he just like leapt to the front like a like a sprinter, you know, like a quarter horse. Um, and it was it was just over at that point.
1: Well, I personally thought it was over as soon as he got in front of go. Once he was in front of him, it was a wrap.
0: Well, one of, one of the things you had brought up on the preview show was that you watched all of Nixco's wins and his losses since his new connections took him over, and he's never passed a horse. He's nope. never been asked to pass a horse, but the races that he won or excuse me he lost he was pressured and he did not get an easy lead but his style of running isn't conducive to having another speed horse in there who's just a little bit faster than him early and that really kind of you know was was his undoing and it's not that, it's not that he ran bad but
1: no he didn't run bad and and it was just kind of like his his pp's and his races were a little bit um, I don't want to say optical illusions, but along those lines, because you know when he was able to get to lead fairly easily and ration out his speed um he, he was money in the bank, you know, right. and nobody was touching him
0: right and but, even though it wasn't like he was going forty nine halves he was still going no, he's know, going like good i good mean by speed he wasn't like he just like completely stole the races, but like you said, he was just looking at going along at his own pace, right? He wasn't pressured. and That's what a lot of horses like, that they just don't like to have that, that to feel that pressure. And, and I mean, he didn't even have a chance. to Right. In this yeah. race.
1: I, I mean, I think that the charlatan race, even though it was at one mile, uh, one turn, was the, the the telltale sign to me anyway. I mean, char- charlatan just ran over him (laughs) like and didn't even give him a chance and you know he just blew by him at the top of the stretch with without any effort and i figured it was going to be kind of that same situation but it didn't even get that close (laughs) no life is good just like you said two jumps gone gone. and and it was the wrap and honestly it didn't even look like he was going that fast like visually you know and and then you know you have to kind of Watch that race more than once to really appreciate what Life Is Good actually did.
0: Yeah, on Craig Mikowski's pace figures, he got uh, some really rapid numbers, um, and he, he kind of, uh, on a side note, said that uh, according to his figs, uh, Nick's Go actually ran faster chasing Life Is Good. <laughs> Uh, in the Pegasus, then he did on his own in the Breeders' Cup. Um, so there's there's that, but I mean, Nick's Go is a deserved Horse of the Year. It's about accomplishment, not about um, you know what could be. And it's just uh, you know kind of nice to see that life is good is is gonna you know continue on. And it uh, sounds like Dubai is the next. Uh, and uh, of course. Yesterday, flight lines plans were were announced, and, and San Carlos is a um, yeah. is the goal, the San Carlos, which they might have Think. to pay people to run in because I was I say you got to track three couch. horses total. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe Stiletto Boy will say, "Hey, but uh, I can be second again," but I, I don't know. I, I don't know who would want to run against them out in California. I don't know anyone who would bother shipping out there to run against them. And uh, if I had like a 50 claimer and I could pick up third, maybe I would, but it's just, is um, it's like a layup. And of course he's still got to get there. Let's, let's remember, he's a horse that's four. He's run three times. So um, I mean, I'm hoping that he stays sound and, and we actually get to see him race. Um, but the, the the Met Mile, it's a stepping stone for the Met Mile. I don't know if if, um, if um, Todd and Windstar and uh, people would would really be wanting to cut back from the Dubai race. I mean, assuming he wins, um, and and go back to a mile. Uh, I, I don't know. It's 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 all speculation. I'm sure they don't even have it planned out yet. But uh, I mean if racing doesn't wind up getting those two horses in the gate at some point this year. um, And let me, let let me tell you that the lessons from boxing, right? Tyson Fury, British boxer, heavyweight, lineal champion, Anthony Joseph, British boxer, big fame, you know, wildly popular over there. They kept uh, as Bob Aaron would say, letting it marinate, right? They didn't, they, (laughs) they could have had a fight. In in uh, what's that's that's what's the, the big stadium in England uh, in England Wembley in Stadium Wembley right and they have a hundred thousand people in there they could have sold tickets for as much as they wanted to sell but they kept on postponing it so what happens Anthony Joseph goes out and gets whipped by a two hundred twenty five pound Ukrainian guy and now the big fight is no longer the big fight so Flightline versus Life is Good with their current records is a huge is a huge race right i mean it's almost bigger than nick's go because we knew this was nick's go's last go around right and and flight line is undefeated um i mean you could make a, a pretty good case that that life is good probably should be undefeated as well depending on your view of the, the race at saratoga where he did get by a legitimate you know good horses. well the comment Everyone's the forgotten common, about Jackie's form. Warrior, but Jackie's Warrior is a really, really good horse.
1: <laughs> the comment in the form would would lend you to believe that. The the comment on that race is overconfident yeah. handling that, that makes me laugh every time I see it. <laughs> yeah. Mike Smith's probably saying, Yeah, what
0: about what what about the way they ride him now? <laughs> but he won. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways. It was uh, it was a it was a you know it was a pretty good day. I mean, like I said, wasn't that that successful wagering? But we saw a lot of people, a lot of friends. A lot of people said, "What's up?" And uh, oh yeah, was, uh, nice to see people. That, you know, you talk to you wind up talking to them on the internet or texting or or whatever. But uh, to see people, it's I mean, that's the thing. Racing is a social game. It's a social game, and uh, we can lead into the next story by saying. Uh, Sometimes you got to be there, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's nothing like being present.
0: (laughs) It's such a stupid story, but well, I listen, if, if I've had 18 people text me or private message me about my, my, my view on this and I'll just say it very, very plainly it's a story only because of the person involved is on a national television show, but let's remember one thing that virtually no one watches these shows. Okay. It's horse racing. The ratings are like at best, but these networks, especially the sports networks are desperate for content and it's been a great pairing for racing. We race in the day. There's nothing going on most weekdays. So it's it's a good match. I'm not saying it's not. But sometimes people in this business, and it doesn't matter if you're an owner, you're a trainer, you're a jockey, or you're a TV personality, there's no one bigger than the game here. This is not, I think the, the lesson of Tom Brady should be, that Tom Brady is a thousand times bigger than anybody in Thoroughbred racing.
1: <laughs>
0: and he's retiring, supposedly. And guess what? Did that affect the playoffs the last two weekends at all? Not one iota. Is that going <laughs> to affect the Super Bowl at all? None. It's not going to affect it. LeBron James, he's going to retire in a couple years. And basketball? It's gonna go. It's gonna be fine, because Michael Jordan retired and basketball was fine. Horse racing's fine without anybody. There's no one in horse racing that could retire that would really change this game one iota. And the reason I'm saying this is that sometimes people think the rules don't apply to them. And and one of the reason that we we have um, the biggest name trainer in horse racing sitting in a conference room. Uh, fighting to stay eligible to run in you know, arguably the biggest circuit on, on our, our, in, in North America okay. is because in a lot of ways, he just believed he was bigger than the game because he was never willing to just say, you know what, I will take responsibility. I will just take the days and move on. And if he had done that, all this stuff would have gone away. It would have gone away. But if you're in a 720, a a, a handicapping contest, and you have $725,000 first prize. And that's not enough to keep you there because you need to run to Florida, which is your, it's your personal preference. That's fine. But when you deceive the tournament Directors, by asking for a, a COVID uh, condition, so so you, you you don't have to to be with all you know the commoners, but doing that knowing that you're going to leave because nobody buys a plane ticket at the gate anymore. You'd have to hit. You'd have to win the tournament to pay for that. right so it was intentional deception is it the end of the world of course not but it's wrong and if you're on television you want to you want all the plaudits and you want everybody to tell you how great you are and buy your stupid looking shirts you get what you you get what you get and if they ban him for good they ban him for good but he doesn't seem to care but that's his prerogative if he doesn't care that's fine that's fine but it is a big story because not because of the people who were involved, but because of the intentional deception by those people. And you can only, you, you can only make an, you know, the first impression once, how many mistakes, how many times have these guys been involved? It, we don't even want to talk about because it's, boring the mechanics of these tournaments that need to be changed they really need to be changed because let's face it the fact of the matter a guy leaving and not being there present um to, to make his picks in which didn't seem to be winning anyways that's probably not nearly as bad as some of the other things that happen that the other person that same person might have been involved in we're talking about collusion and teams and all that which should be illegal which shouldn't be allowed and again, I don't think we'll get the FBI to come in and police the thing. And it is an extreme amount of money. We're not talking about seventy five hundred. We're talking about you know maybe seven hundred fifty thousand. And to be honest, that price should be a lot bigger. Huh. It should be. It, it, it used to be bigger. It's why is that going backwards? I mean that's that's a question that, that is fair to ask. But for the people that say, well, it's no big deal, no yeah, it's no big deal. Next time you got a horse in a race and they redraw it because someone forgot to enter huh. and your horse gets excluded, which has happened to me. It happened to me one time. I forgot to enter. I won't say the track. Big name trainer. Forgot to enter. They drew. Their, they'd already drawn the race. They brought the race. They redrew it. And one horse got left out. And that was mine. Get out of town. Yep, and uh, the trainer who whose horse was uh, entered late, actually entered after the race was already filled um and drawn. He uh, he won, and I don't know that I would have won. Him. I I probably would have been fifteen to one in the race. But the fact of the matter is that that that's kind of the repercussions of things when rules are bent and when things are just taken as not big deals because little deals become big deals and we don't need scandals in this world we have enough scandals we have more scandals to talk about later so yeah. it's like we just don't need this it's well, just
1: not necessary you know the the running theme and it's been going on you know pretty much since we started doing these podcasts is that the industry is just making it worse on itself by not addressing all of the integrity issues. And now we're trying, or actually we're starting to find out how widespread it is. It's just a a, a total almost infestation of, of lack of integrity from, you know, from the trainer side to the jockey side now flowing into the horse player world and it's rampant and 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 it's just like well where does the buck stop where does somebody say hey we're not gonna do this anymore we're gonna do things differently Hissa was supposed to be that answer maybe maybe not only time will tell um you know, the NTRA has an opportunity to do something if they really want to, I don't know if they are, but I mean, if, if there's no rules, there's no game, you know what I mean? And, and it's just, it's just going to get worse if things don't stop and that's across the board.
0: No, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, people have said, you know, Baffert well Baffert's not as bad as so and so. Baffert's not I said, listen, someone has to be first. And if you're going to do something first, then you might as well take the on the, the big guys at the start. Um and um, that's just the way it is. I mean examples need to be made of and not the, not not the minnows. This business has made examples out of minnows for years. And didn't want to ruffle the feathers. So we, we found a guy. I've said originally when Hissa was even kind of looked like it might pass, I said, you know, I, I hate to be a small trainer that that, that that just, you know, makes a mistake that they're going to blast because they want them to say, hey, look, this is working. <laughs> we need more money. But this is working. See, look, we got this guy. And it'll be some poor sap who who doesn't have enough money to, to uh, you know, defend himself for more than like, four minutes in court. <laughs> it's just gonna have to lay down. Uh, news came out late today that uh, the state of Texas and the attorney general of Texas has joined the suit against hisa 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 husa hassa <laughs> yeah. however you call it, um, and. I think that's interesting in that, again, I'm not, I'm not a political science major, so this is just conjecture, but it would seem that when more states start joining in, that they feel that there's a better chance of success. Uh, everybody wants to, to, to detach themselves to a winner, right? Not a loser. And I think there's a lot of questionable... Um, a lot of serious questions to be asked of ISA, uh, especially considering that uh, they haven't been able to secure at this, at least to our knowledge, a partner to to do the regulation. And, um, you know, there's so many questions about this, and, and they're still going forward, and they're still, uh, I just saw the other day there was, you know, more public commentary to on this and that, and it's, um, It's just a mess. And I know people had a lot of high hopes for it, but we have to still do it right. If we put legislation in that's worse and more expensive, and you say, how can it be worse? It seems like it can be worse. It can always (laughs) be worse. It can always be worse. (sighs) Well, it seems like it's only going to get worse before it gets any better. Well, one of the things that that everyone has and this is a theme about Baffert too. And again, I have nothing personal against Bob Baffert. I really don't. I don't know him hardly at all. But the one thing that I've I've felt and I've heard from and people have said to me, and this is the smaller trainers, the regular guy trainers, not the big shot trainers, right? Is that they like to see him squirm because he's had everything handed to him for so long. And he came up the hard way. He, he wasn't a silver spoon. No <clears throat> doubt about it, but there's a lot of people that never saw Bob Baffert. that wasn't the Bob Baffert movie star type guy. <laughs> so to them, he is the epitome of the establishment guy. And they like to see people, <laughs> the establishment people taking some heat and is this going to shut his stable down? No. It's not going to shut his stable down. We, we talked about the Derby Trail. And, and I'm going to say it. And I don't care if people like it or not. This is a bad year, man. <laughs> and I don't see hardly any good horses. And the ones that are all seem to be trained by Mafford. And Steve Asmussen, I know you're not listening. I know you're not listening. But if someone is please run the Philly in one of these races. Echo Zulu is still the best three-year-old that I've seen. And she was the best two-year-old that I saw. Hmm. I mean, come on. If ever there was a year that was lining up for a Philly. And and I, I don't know what's going to happen with these horses. And, and we've stated on this show that you <laughs> know, for us, looking forward over the next 6 months and now it'll be the next 4 months the biggest story in racing is going to be um what's going to happen with Bob Baffert and the Kentucky Derby and Churchill Downs and his horses and and when are people going to move them are they going to move them how many more lawsuits are going to be suit uh, uh you know filed we finally came, you know coming out of the New York hearing which which was tedious. Man, that was tedious. That I was really bad. don't understand the logic of having all these quote unquote drug experts talk about. I mean, they're talking about stuff that's already happened, it's already been adjudicated, right? I mean, you know, Baffert's, uh, you know, Nairo's saying, all right, you got six positives. And Baffert's lawyers were saying, yeah, but they're already been, you know, he's already taken the punishment for him, like, you know, all except for the, uh, the Medina spirit, and i it just was like, I, I don't know, maybe that's part of the legal strategies is to, to bore the hearing officer to death and make him, you know, <laughs> make, make his eyes spin around. But uh, um, yeah, because, you know, essentially it became a he said, she said, well, these, these lawyers say, well, is this effective? Yes, is this effective? No. So it just was, I mean, if it wasn't for the, the guy that gave me the technical foul in the Naira rec game, like completely erupting one day it it would have just been a complete snooze fest. But, um, you know, the one news we got out of that thing and and I don't know when the, the, the recommendation is going to come down. I mean, just guessing, I don't know that either side really changed anybody's mind. Right. I mean, what was your impression of, of the, the, you know the the cases brought by both i mean did did you think that one side or the other side particularly won or lost or or held more sway
1: i think bafford's team won um the his lawyer convoluted the whole thing to the point where it went to a different place altogether than what it was originally supposed to happen and and he did his job um it's just too bad because you know, I mean, honestly, just just the fact that it went what what did it go? Three days or four. four? Yeah. So, it, I mean, that in is of itself tells you a lot about what was going on. A lot of nothing. And I think that was probably his goal was to just muddle the water, muddy the waters, and and just kind of spin it and be like, oh well, you know, this person did this, this, and this. None of this really matters. And I've never had a positive in New York so why are we even here? And honestly, I, I can understand those points of view because this whole thing is is unprecedented. Um, but at the end of the day, maybe this was just for show in order to kind of get the suspension upheld.
0: I I, I kind of felt the other way. Really? To me, it was It was pretty close to a draw. I I don't think there was any evidence, any witnesses, any statements made that really changed Naira's point of view or Baffert's defense of it. I I just felt like we didn't really know much different going uh, coming out of the the hearings than we did going in. And the reason was, we had this hearing, was that Naira wanted... It's not like... It's going to be a jump ball. This is a free throw, right? Nair is shooting the free throw. So, did they miss the free throw? Or did they make the free throw? It's not a jump ball. Baffert had to win. He, had, you know, he he had to win this case. His lawyers had to 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 sway the hearing officer to make his recommendation. Now, remember, he makes a recommendation to another board, and then they make the recommend they, they make the recommendation. there So, it's 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 um and and and. Let's not forget, too, that, um, and I'm learning a lot more about the law, but um, whatever's decided in the end by whatever panel that that, that comes up, if they decide um, one way or another, it can still go for judicial review, and I don't exactly know what that entails, but it (laughs) sounds like whatever decisions come you know is made still could be um, subject to some sort of judge panel looking at it and, and, and you know upholding it or, or, or not upholding it. I, I guess it would almost be like an appeals court kind of thing. but uh, to me, they didn't really make any um, their case didn't didn't really say, hey, you know what this is complete nonsense because the whole uh, argument of naira was perception and it's very difficult there's a million ways and cases and and tweets and videos and people that would be willing to testify um about the negative perception there just is so much out there I, i wasn't sure how they were going to really say it wasn't the saturday night like i mean of course you, you don't want stuff allowed into evidence it got a little confusing as to what was allowed and what wasn't allowed but but i i don't even know how long this is going to take i mean it might take a week it might take a month Who knows? but uh, <laughs> but there's already a new hearing coming up i think february 7th yep uh there's a hearing in kentucky the kentucky horse racing commission and in it's infinite wisdom didn't decide to tell anyone this but um it was revealed during the New York hearing that the Kentucky hearing is, 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 is upcoming. So I don't know if, I don't think that those hearings, I I would almost assure you those hearings are not uh, publicly available. So that will almost assuredly be behind closed doors. And, um, I've been in a hearing, obviously it would be a lot different than this one, but, uh, I, I had a butte positive a uh, long, long time ago. Not butte positive, excuse me, uh, ace promising, which is actually something that's hard to get a positive for. We still don't really have any idea. The, the, it was just, it was just one of these things. And I mean, we didn't have any defense really. I mean, I, I never, I didn't know where it came from. So I just took the days, you know, they offered 15 days and, and, and and um, I did the days. That was the only time I ever had a, had a, um, an issue at all. So, but it was a very informal thing. And I'm sure this is going to be much, much, much more formal. But um, I, I, it'll be, I mean, depending on how that hearing comes out, I, six months ago, I would have said, slam dunk. They're going <laughs> to suspend him and he's going to have to appeal it. Based upon the actions of the Kentucky Racing Commission uh, in the last six months, I, I really don't even know. I don't well,
1: even know. my theory is that they're cutting a deal with him of some sort, to where you know maybe Medina Spirit gets DQ'd and then he's able to race it again this year. Well, just by the they fact they can't,
0: that, they they can't compel Churchill Downs to let him race.
1: They can't compel it, but maybe they're offering it.
0: Well, they, they wouldn't. No, no, that will not happen. Churchill Downs does not want Baffert on the grounds, and they will not back down. And they would okay. sue the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission if it came to that. They would sue everyone. The, the, the Racing Commission really has no say on over property rights. They just have say over licensing. So they're either going to suspend his license or they're not going to suspend his license. And there is mitigating circumstances according to them, There's another mitigating circumstance that everyone seems to have forgotten, which is Gamine's positive, which Baffert admitted to. And he took the time, even though he didn't get any days for that. He got a a suspended sentence. So he didn't do days for that. But the way it read, the ruling read that he couldn't get another one within 365 days. That race was last September. The derby was May. It was within that time frame. And that's not something that anyone has even like talk, talked talk about. about at all. And and just I, you know, I was reminded of that by Wesley Ward's recent um, suspension. He had 15 days from the Kentucky Racing Commission for a race that was run in April at Keeneland for uh, with Averly Jane. And it took a long time to get the splits back and this and that. And he was given a 30 day suspension, but 15 of those days were commuted as long as he doesn't get another suspension or another positive test in the next 365 days. So I just thought to myself, that's right. Baffert got the same thing, except he just got a fine instead of days for gamines positive in the Kentucky Oaks. So, I'm assuming that the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission didn't forget that and that might be a fly in the ointment to any kind of deal that they want to cut. I mean, The only way again, I'm not a lawyer and I did not stay in a Holiday and Express last night or any other night for a while, but the only way it would seem out was if they just threw it out and they just said it wasn't a positive and if that happens whew, man all hell's gonna break loose
1: <laughs>
0: understatement <laughs> and people confuse the issue churchill downs has suspended Baffert from their tracks that's a private company that's saying we do not want you on our property. The Kentucky Racing Commission licenses people. They they don't, you know, that you're licensed. And then, of course, they're the arbiters of the rules. But they can't tell Churchill Downs to let anybody on your grounds. They can only not suspend them or suspend them or relicense them. That's another thing, I you know, like people you don't think of is that. I don't know that Baffert currently has a license in the state of Kentucky. I don't know if it's expired. Most, I think Kentucky expires December 31st and maybe you got a two year, three year one year. I don't know. But if the Naira suspension, um, you know, when you fill out your license in most States that they're, they're going to ask you, are you currently suspended or not allowed to participate or, you know, banned from, any places, and you have to answer um, truthfully. <laughs> Otherwise, that the, the, the incorrect, you know, the non-truthful answer becomes a reason to be uh, denied a license, or 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 you know, revoked or rejected. So that that's another factor that's uh, that's at play. But it, it's just a big mystery until they have this meeting, and uh, I guess at some point. Probably not next week, but the week after, we we might actually know what the official ruling is. Mandolin might uh, might pick up another win.
1: Yeah, this is going to be wild, <laughs> especially you know as as time ticks away, you know, up until the Derby and points and Horses moving, do they get their points back or do they not get them? And all this stuff wasn't, it's just created so many other ripples and issues that could arise from all of this. When essentially, like you said, if he stepped away and was like, hey, all right, we're good, Um, I'm just going to step back. and come back and be on the straight and narrow. Even if he just said that, (laughs) you know, and did it, this wouldn't be as near of a cluster as it is. But maybe this is also a good thing because it could give some sort of precedent on how these things could be handled. Now, and that's only if it's handled the right way because they could fumble the bag as they say on the street and screw this whole thing up and Befford kind of goes scot-free or gets very little which probably is, is more of the thing that might happen only because of the nature of the violations that they have them on they're not huge kind of things. But they are in the biggest races in Kentucky. The two top races. So it's it's just an interesting follow. I mean, even if you're not a racing fan per se and you're a fan of the law and rules and kind of that kind of thing, something to follow.
0: Yeah, and and it's one of the things I think that has been a a big complaint of mine about HISA, is that we need to write these rules correctly, not just throw them together because we have a deadline. Because you can see what happens. You get a good enough lawyer and you will find loopholes. You will find loopholes. And racing loopholes aren't always that easy to close. Racing doesn't have the ability to just uh, maybe in Kentucky they do but most other states they don't have the ability just to go to the legislature and say oh, I we need we need this fixed just not that easy it's just not that easy so you talk about ripples um <laughs> so there is a a federal a trial in federal court ongoing with a a a veterinarian that produces what the feds are saying are illegal performance enhancers, what he's saying are not. Um, And this guy is on trial. He's connected to George Navarro. He's connected to a bunch of harness trainers. And, um, you know, the Navarro connection was was really kind of the, the key for the thoroughbred side. Until today, um, <laughs> there was a trainer, um, a girl who's a very small-time trainer, like has two horses type trainer, trained standard breds. And she had worked for Todd Pletcher. And this doctor had known that, and he had, uh, I guess she had contacted him about, uh, about a lameness examination. And, you know, a routine, actual lameness association. It wasn't that she was calling him up to say, hey, I need to juice all my horses, or both of my horses. And as it turns out, like, she, he wound up giving her something and that wound up being um, something that wasn't, uh, you know, allowed. And this was all caught on a wiretap because the guy was under surveillance. And he had asked her to um, to see if she can't, uh, you know, maybe intro him to Pletcher or, or kind of, you know, get him to use some of the stuff and, uh, and you know, and, and Todd's feathering his cap a little bit. She was like, there's no chance <laughs> that's going to happen. Like, he's not going to meet you and he's, he's certainly not going to listen to me or my advice. It's just not going to happen. Um, which we kind of thought was, you know, the connection that she had to thoroughbreds because she she had worked for Todd for a little bit <clears throat> until today when it was found out that um, in a conversation that the, the vet Dr. Fishman was having with this trainer um, he brought out the name of, of Sheikh Mohammed and he Said to her in this conversation that um, they had Sheikh Mohammed's equine clinic was the word he used in Dubai had developed a a program and program was always kind of like the code word right for guys that were doing something wrong. They were on the program. That came from weightlifters, right? Weightlifters, oh yeah, we, we have a program. It wasn't a schedule of curls. It was a schedule of injections. Um, so he essentially said that that they had developed and spent $2 million developing this program. And we don't have any other details. We don't have the transcripts. We just have the reporting of one reporter who I don't really recognize his name, and I think it's a pool reporter. I don't think that they're allowing everyone to to cover um, the you know the federal court case. I think they're only allowing you know x amount of reporters in, and um, it's it's kind of uh, interesting because. I mean, this is the biggest name by a hundred lengths that's been linked here. Um, you know, certainly Jason Service and George Navarro were big names. There's been, you know, quite a few big, big names on the harness side, though. Not is really as big as. Uh, put it this way: no one on the harness side was. Uh, well, I, I, I honestly, I shouldn't say that because, no one on the harness side was a big surprise when. When they were <laughs> caught, it uh, doesn't. Uh, it wasn't that big of a surprise on the third side either, I guess. But um. But the name of, of Sheikh Mohammed, and I mean that 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 just throws the story into a far bigger arena. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, it's not as though they're gonna be over. Turning over stones in Dubai, and, and they're just this, this guy is is on, um, you know, th- this guy is, is on trial, not Sheikh Mohammed. But uh, I, it just is kind of a twist that came out. I mean, the story was posted about uh, quarter to seven tonight. Um, and the Blood Horse and Paulica, uh, they, they all the outlets have the same story, it's by the same writer. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of I don't know. I don't know what to think about it, right? I mean, it's kind of like that wasn't what I was expecting to see tonight.
1: No, definitely not. You know, because it, this throws the the whole issue into an into overdrive, kind of because it just kind of gives you the telltale sign that it, this is more widespread than maybe we even think and you know there's so many sources and there's so many things that we're missing as far as information um and we'll never get the gaps in that information um and like you said there there's little to no chance that they're gonna be trying to to get a hold of shake mo
0: it's it's pretty
1: much impossible
0: yeah, well, that's that's certainly impossible, and I mean, I'm doubting that if there's any even repercussions, and they're just going to right. They're just the a gonna... guy on trial, and maybe he was just bragging, and you know who knows. But um, there was a Washington Post article done on January 22nd of, of you know just uh, 12 days ago, and I'll, I'll just read it real quick. On October 27, 2019, Seth Fishman, a veterinarian, was returning from a weeks long junket in the United Arab Emirates where he was granted or greeted at Miami International Airport by armed federal agents. The agents pulled Fishman into a side room where he explained his business in Dubai. As chief research officer for the kingdom's camels, he said his responsibility included managing breeding and fending off the spreading of z- the zoonotic diseases and African horse sickness. Um, indeed, after agents of Boca. Sees hundreds of vials from Fishman's storage unit. The lawyer said he represented Dubai's quote presidential camel department, unquote. Um so clearly he is connected to them. I mean, that's not even in question. Um, obviously this this was about camels, or that was the official Line yeah. in 2019 in October of 2019 but racing is going down a path here where uh, and, and this goes back to something you said to me today the little things turn into the big things right Always you, pull that th- you pull that thread right and all of a sudden phew. here's a case of a, of a guy that mostly dealt with harness horses and suddenly, the biggest operation in the world is involved. Uh, I think it's very possible that they're going to win an Eclipse Award. The Eclipse Awards next week? Uh, The 7th? Yeah. 7th. Same day as the hearing. I know. <laughs> Irony. The jokes write themselves here. But this is, this is the problem. And this is why the case of the handicapping tournament on its own is not like a big deal. But this is the problem we have is that you run out of answers for people when they ask the questions, is everything corrupt in this business? <laughs> is anyone not corrupt in this business? And I just don't know how to answer that anymore, because seriously, how, how do you really go to bat for anybody? You not oh, so I know that I yeah. good, or I know this is good. I mean, we're talking about, about, uh, I, I just, uh, it just, you know, we had jockeys getting caught with, with machines. And to think that those jockeys that were caught—they were just the guys stupid enough to get caught. I think those guys were acting alone. They were the only guys ever to do it. And the penalties for that are so severe. And this is when people say, "Well, oh, you know, he, he wouldn't do that." Penalties.
1: <laughs>
0: These guy jockeys, know that they're going to get five or ten years for this, or or more. That's like the one area where horse racing throws the book, right? And deservedly so. If you have an electrical device and you're shopping your horse, then I mean that didn't just like appear in your in your hand, right? It, it wasn't dropped from the sky. Oh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to do it on this one, right? But um, it's not. A, if, if that's not a deterrent, then why would anything else be? Why would 15 days be a deterrent? Why, why would a fifteen hundred dollar fine be a deterrent? Why would, um, uh, where do we, where like, where do we go from here? And that that's the thing is, the racing public they they see everything as intermingled, and the people inside racing completely, absolutely, one hundred percent do not. But the fact that it matters, the perception of the outside people is what matters. It, that's what matters. That's where we're going to draw customers for, whether it be the, the, the end of, of the, the betting or whether it be the end of people getting involved in ownership. If we don't have those two groups, then we don't have any other... There's no race, right? Well, I, I just... People say to me, Well, why aren't you more positive? I was, well, What the hell is there to be positive about? You know, like every week we get handed five negative stories on a silver platter. We don't often get any positive stories. Well, you know, we get positive <laughs> stories, but not positive. You kind
1: of have to search for them nowadays. Unfortunately. I mean,
0: you know, look at it from, from your point of view, right? I mean, you're not a quote unquote insider, right? You, you were never a trainer or an owner or or well certainly not a jockey but um
1: (laughs) call me fat again
0: no you're tall tall oh okay but um you're even taller than taylor Hole. barely um but like tell me like when people ask you 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 have family members or friends and and when these kind of things come up like how, how do you how do you broach the subject
1: It's tough. I I, Honestly, it's tough because, you know, I get those questions from my father a lot (laughs) because he's kind of a fringe follower of, you know, what I do in horse racing. And then um, he lives in a state where they can't bet. So he's got like a unique perspective of his own. But then he'll ask me, he's like, you know, is everybody doing this? And I was like, well you know all indications are pointing that there's it's it's rampant it's it's a a lot of people but mm, let's say 90% of them aren't getting caught <laughs> and the ones that do get caught and the information we do find out make it look way 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 awful like unbelievably bad like this shake mo thing could kind of just be like a ocean wave like a big tsunami and you know connect a lot of dots some people already knew some people might not know but it's it's a very interesting development in that whole thing because, like you said, the guy really didn't deal with thoroughbreds. But somebody that he referenced on Wiretaps is a major player, or probably one of the top, or at the top. Very very interesting. I mean,
0: national operation, right?
1: It, it takes it. Right. It's, it oh, takes totally. it into international conspiracy territory, which is not a good look for anybody.
0: The Sheikh Mohammed people, man, they've had, of a, they've had a tough go of it lately. Yeah. But, well, to add to the kind of the, the mix to this case, and I don't know what we're going to get out of this case, when it's going to resume, because the
1: Kyle Fishman right.
0: was, was rushed to the hospital for some apparent reason. I don't know if some friend of mine said he might have tried to do an Epstein, though a lot of people still don't believe Epstein killed himself. Uh, we're not talking about Juan Epstein either. But I don't know what's wrong with him. If he got a heart attack, if he's faking, I, I'm not really sure. So I'm not sure when this entire thing going to resume or if we're ever going to hear from that again because It it depends on where, you know, the prosecutor goes, the um, the case, and what they say. And I mean, even though it's interesting to us in horse racing, I mean, I don't even know the potato. (laughs) Interesting would be, but if it doesn't really, if if just that piece of, you know, already been introduced and, and played in the court and it doesn't really add to their case um, because like I said, they're they're not going to get anyone from Dubai to to testify ever. Um, I I just think, you know, like that might just wind up being Uh Ortiz thing. right? David Ortiz was mentioned uh, the baseball player and some probe and then uh, comes out that it actually wasn't, it shouldn't have been a positive. It was a false positive or something. And, everyone's supposed to ignore it and then of course you know you can't ignore it once someone's been called for a positive for taking steroids you're just assuming that he's taking steroids especially you know a big guy like he is and but you know maybe maybe this just this is one passing reference and then we never hear anything about it again I, I don't know and I don't know I don't know nearly enough about the law to know that um, if if any of that stuff is ever going to be released or um, or, or the public is, is going to be able to to have access to the testimony or the wiretaps or anything I, I don't know kind of
1: surprised though actually that that name came out well it was it was on a tape
0: I mean they were pl- I guess they were playing the tape
1: so... still but they can they can bleep out a tape you know what I mean like censor it
0: I, I guess that was part of their case was trying to say that he was, you know, he, he was connected to major thoroughbred operations, and you know, I mean, the, the person he was on the phone with is, is like I said, is a standardbred trainer, um, Adrian Hall, who's trained two horses. I mean, she's as small time as as you can get, and this guy clearly had a lot of big name clients. And they called a thoroughbred trainer who I'd never heard of, and this this girl Adrian Hall, who's pretty much no one, you know. Like I said, she's a two horse outfit. So it's it's kind of interesting in um, you know who who did they call? Obviously, they had these people on wiretaps, and they had them doing something wrong, so they were easy. Uh, to, to convince to testify against the vet but um, and again you know the feds are just trying to convict the, the person on trial they're not trying you know they're, they're not they're not assigning themselves to, uh, you know, to clean up horse racing because we right need to it up. so it'll it'll be kind of uh, again we don't know when this case is going to even you know when this guy is going to be able to be um to be uh, back in court, uh, there was a co-defendant, uh, Lisa Gianelli, who had her case declared a mistrial because her lawyer got COVID and couldn't come in anymore. So, I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> bizarre. I mean, there's a chance that we never hear anything about this again, but, you know, it's out there. And,
1: uh, right. can't put it back in the tube, man. You can't put the toothpaste back in. We heard it,
0: and you know Barry, like what you talk about with everything being, being interconnected, and, and that you know Godolphin had by far, by far, their best year in North America, and it's not even close. This year, or excuse me, not year, last year 20, 2021 was, was <clears throat> by far their best. Yeah. year. yeah, so. I mean, there's a good chance that they win the Eclipse Award. There's good chance that they own the uh, champion three-year-old. Um, so, so really? we really need to get like Lester Munson to come in the and, and do our uh, our legals.
1: Lionel Hutz, sir. And I want to make a correction. Eclipse Awards are February tenth.
0: There you go. I'm sure someone out there saying, "See, they moved it for Baffert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Ortiz brothers hurting the vent.
0: <laughs> the Ortiz brothers, if you sit next to them at the Eclipse Awards, they I like bump your chair <laughs> <laughs> and try to your, me. Your, They try to take your dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. What a game, baby. What a time to be alive.
1: It's just so crazy because it's like it's hard to see an end to this nonsense. I think that's that's where I'm at personally. It's like you know, we get beat down with stories every week, like something nuts that has to do with something integrity related. Yeah, that's not a good look especially nowadays where you know information flies so fast but it also goes away fast so it's not super crazy but it could lead to more things or not I mean it's just so up in the air that it's like well when the hell are we going to get past this error? Almost like the steroid error in, in baseball. It's like, when are we going to get past all this? Will we get past all?
0: That's, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to keep on, uh, keep on pressing forward and seeing what happens. Yeah. I do my calendars, by the way.
1: Yeah, I was a, I was a calendar commuter for about two weeks. Those calendars have been all over Florida.
0: They're experienced calendars. Yeah. Hoping the, Before... Uh, Got them back before, before January before, was over. Before the year was <laughs> over. Um, At a schedule, one, by the way. Yeah, but the, the Knicks won. They beat.
1: That's good. So we'll see, we'll we'll know, everybody's for a horse. everybody's off the ledge right now. They're all, they're all good. Maybe we'll see some uh, Knicks fans in the snow or something dancing around and acting a fool again. People think racing Twitter's on edge. Oof. Yeah, there's nothing. Knicks Twitter's unmatched with the <laughs> emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it's
0: unbelievable. <laughs> 24 hours a day, man. <laughs> it doesn't stop. It does not stop. If the Knicks are ever good, I'm telling you, it's going to be anarchy. Mm-hmm. Glorious anarchy. And I'm sure Andy Sterling is going to jump right back on the bandwagon, even though he's been over in Brooklyn there for a couple of years. he will be jumping. Right uh, back. Andy
1: solid. Andy solid. He's going to stick with the Nets because they got KD, man. And I think he's a little annoyed with with uh, Kyrie, but well, so, those whole at
0: least Kyrie's playing in some of the games. Yeah, yeah. Man, he played good the other night too.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, man.
0: Like I know he's nuts, and and the whole thing is like bizarre, but you forget how good he really is i mean the guy is is when he's healthy he's a really really good player he's a top 10 yeah, yeah. player but um but uh, yeah the trade deadline is is up coming and uh, it's hard to make trades in the nba it's really really hard the rules are technical
1: well, and anybody that's any good makes way too much money.
0: Well, that's, that's true. The guys who are impact players make a lot of money. And most of the teams that would be buyers, teams that are looking to try to add like that last piece, are teams that usually have already, they're already over the salary cap. So if you bring a guy in, in certain situations that makes, you know, like a paltry somewhere like $10 million and they get, <laughs> they go, they're so far over the, uh, the cap and they have all these other believe me you need to be like a have a doctorate from harvard to figure out the nba salary cap but there's in certain situations where guys are going to cost you like triple what their salary is because you pay him 10 million and you got to pay 20 million in luxury tax so uh it's just a difficult thing but well we'll see we'll see how it goes and uh i mean super bowl we got two weeks we got the the bungles and the uh the Rams. I saw a meme on uh I think it was Facebook, it said,
1: <laughs> Hey, did you know there's a football game at the Dr. Dre concert? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, Ja Rule's available, man. Right.
1: I was like, uh, that's the first thing I thought of is somebody's gonna say that about the Pegasus and be like, Hey, did you know there was a horse race at the Ja Rule concert the other day?
0: <laughs> ja Rule will be out there at Lost Out watching the game. Um. Yeah, it's amazing how many Rams fans have suddenly resurfaced. Ugh.
1: It's nothing worse than a bandwagon jumper, man. Just nothing worse than that.
0: Yeah. I hear you. Well, hopefully the audio was better. We tried. Uh, we made a few adjustments tonight. If it sucks again. I'm just buying new everything. I'm buying a new phone, I'll buy a new iPad, and a new internet, and I'll get a new service because I'm just at my technical um, limit, <laughs> which is not very high because trust me, turning the phone on is about as far as I go, but hopefully it didn't uh, didn't cut out nearly as bad as it has been lately. But um Um we didn't we didn't even talk about the uh the Southwest. Oh yeah. Barber Road still on
1: that horse. I think that horse is nice. Oh. Even though I didn't win.
0: No, he didn't he did yeah. not win, but he, he's he, he did earn points. Um that was uh, a ten point race, which really is, is just it's too little. 10 point. We shouldn't have 10-point races as three-year-olds. They should all be 25. Right. I
1: mean, I don't
0: know. Come on, Churchill. We blast you all the time. We're behind you with your Baffert thing. But, like, come on, man. Let's make this race a 20. Let's stop with this, this 100 points. Six weeks from now, guys, we run for hundreds. And now we're running for 10. It just doesn't make any sense. that race was won by Newgrange, who's by violence um, He ran an 89 buyer he was kind of wide, right I mean he um, seems like he's a nice horse. I, I don't really know what to make of him kind of because of uh, the bafford situation, but you know he he's keeps uh and he keeps moving forward and and, and certainly, even though this, you know, he won this race, and he, even though he didn't get the ten points, it's only ten points, so it, it's not like if this was gonna make or break him, anyways. Um, I don't know if uh, if he'll come back to Arkansas and run in the Rebel, or if they will wait and maybe we're we'll trying in the Arkansas Derby, or if they'll change trainers, or, or what's gonna happen. But uh, but he, he did look pretty good, and um, you know, I thought Barbara Road ran. A, you know, ran a good race, Barber Road. Of course, you should move up because I used him in the uh, the El Hombre contest, and um, and of course I bet him to win, and, and he he ran second at nine to one. But he he looks okay. I mean, he's he seems like he's improving. Um, I, I didn't really think much of anything else. You of have kind of- of- nobody else didn't be running
1: behind those two. I
0: mean. <laughs> it yeah. was really. Dívar was kind of like slightly touted, but he, he didn't. He didn't run a step. Yeah, no one really ran
1: much. No, not at all. Just the top two.
0: Yeah.
1: Then the uh, the old uh, San Vicente. The,
0: the San Vicente was kind of one of those. It'll be one of those races you remember for a long time, not because it was some spectacular performance, um, but because of the circumstances, right? And you had uh, a five-horse field, and you had Mr. Baffert that uh, owned, uh, excuse me, trained three of them, and he uh, was supposed to train the ultimate winner, Forbidden Kingdom, who was American pharaoh. Cult, who's owned by Spendthrift and my racehorse, and apparently the my racehorse people in Spendthrift didn't want to answer eighteen million questions about the situation, so they sent the horse to Mr. Mandela, who they probably should have sent it to anyways because he does a great job. Um, and Forbidden Kingdom looked really good. I, I thought he, I, I know he was only seven ace but uh, he certainly looked like a horse that has got a lot more in him, and and uh, I mean he's very professional.
1: Yeah, I, I was surprised my eyeballs worked at that point because they were. It was really cold. <laughs> it was kind of chilly,
0: but uh, he he ran well. He ran a, a respectable time, and, and looks like uh, you know look looks like he might be one of the real, um, you know, one of the real factors out in the, the California division, and you know, he's eligible to earn points so. Uh, we have this weekend. We have what the Holy Bull,
1: yep, and, on uh, yeah, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, the Holy Bull at Gulfstream. Um, what about uh, is is, um, um, is New York running this week? <laughs> <laughs> I would say I mean, you're yeah. supposed to get another. There's supposed to be another snow tonight, night. right or tomorrow. Yeah, like this week, all week, you are supposed to be like blasted again. They're saying like three feet of snow in some places.
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw twenty inches to twenty five, but well, uh, the
0: um, the Holy Bull is, is looking like a pretty decent race. Uh, Giant Game, who who ran well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile kind of see if, how that form holds uh, for Dale Romans. Uh, I believe uh, way to Barrio for Savvy Joseph, Mo Donegal for Mr. Pletcher, who I believe at this point is required to have a horse in a Gulfstream Park three-year-old race. <laughs> uh, Tis the bomb for uh, Mr. McPeak. Classic Causeway who holds the, the the pressure of having me, having made a Wager on him in the future book at long odds or Mr. Brian Lynch. Uh, simplification Tony Sano trying to uh, go back to back with him. Uh, gate for Mod is possible. Kitten's Mischief is uh not a kitten's joy. Into <laughs> uh, Jonathan Thomas spun wheel for Rusty Arnold and Eloquist from um uh, Butch Reed. Um that is who Horse Racing Nation has as their probables and possibles. So it, look, it looks like a, you know there's some decent runners in there. I, I know uh, you know tis the bomb. Giant Game will probably um, and Mo Donna will, will, will probably vie for favoritism, right? Yeah, Giant Game will probably be favorite, I think. But uh, it's it's a you know it's a mile and sixteenth, and it's. It's a good test and kind of see where where the Florida division is. Um, I'm just
1: trying to see where the horse I like is going to end up.
0: Wharton. <sighs> Wharton. I think. I, I believe. I thought. I thought. I heard that Wharton was going to be out. Was going to run at, at Santa Anita. But and um.
1: Well, I know he wanted to separate New and mm-hmm. I, I did know that and. I don't know what he's going to do with Corniche. unless they run against each other, which isn't.
0: Uh, yeah, as as did I miss them? Him coming back into training? No, uh, because I have not uh, heard much about him. Me neither. So I, I really don't know. You know, I mean, we're getting to the point. He's got to so, do something. <laughs> it's <yeah>. February. <laughs> right, I mean it's it's February and Well, when
1: did when did uh
0: I, mean, Austin... I know he was at Windstar and you know he supposedly was galloping there but um when did I, Austin... I
1: when was he unveiled
0: in January or was it
1: February? I think it was in February. February. yeah. So, maybe yeah, I think it was like the first week of February. So, time's running out, man.
0: <laughs> Well, I just, you know, I I, like I said, I have not heard um, anything for, you know, any updates on Corniche, so I don't know, uh, I don't know what the deal is. So, but like you said, it's February tomorrow. So by the time you're listening, this is probably already February and um, three months away from the Derby. It's you know. It's time. If <laughs> he's <going> back, you got to go back to, I mean, gotta go back to the trainer. They got to figure out who they're going to send him to at some point. I guess, right? I mean, you know, is he going to go back west? And I mean, it, it would be a very, very, very unusual thing to see. I, I don't think it's well. The only thing favorite trick was champion two year old with Pat Byrne. And I believe he went to go, he wound up going to Bill Mott because Pat Byrne took a job with Frank Stronach as a private trainer. Uh, But that's the only two year old champion, you know, Breeders' Cup Juvie winner that that ever changed hands um, or changed barns over the winter, at least that I can remember. Maybe there's, maybe there was another one. I I cannot remember it. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. It's been, I mean, has has a two year old champion ever been less heralded at this point in the season than Corniche has? I mean No, nah, he, he just got overshadowed by bigger stories.
1: <laughs> again, again. And and a Philly that was much better.
0: <laughs> yeah, well the Philly running faster didn't help and Yeah. I mean Papa Cor ran okay the other day, like at, at Man, all right. He, he didn't run bad, he ran a, a decent race, but I mean, I don't know that that was the greatest field and and he didn't, you know, he didn't win. And uh, yeah, horse came from way back and maybe that's just the way, you know, maybe that horse was better than he had looked, but um, yeah, Corniche just doesn't get a whole lot of respect at this point. So, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he actually does go back West and then like, you know, like we've talked about, Baffert's got quite a few Derby contenders um, in, a, in a pretty soft year and it'll be really it's an intriguing story to figure out what the hell's going to happen over the next 60 days because it's really next 60 days right because the first week in april is when all the final preps are and the arkansas derby used to be one of the last preps that was moved back to the arkansas derby's five weeks out this year it's not three weeks out so wait
1: so we're the Bedford horses were in the or the ones that he has currently were in the, the future book pool?
0: No. They were not in Churchill's
1: pool, right? They were no, not. They
0: were. No. The the bookmakers are still taking bets on them. Um they the futures, the regular futures, yes, but they are not in Churchill's pool. Churchill is not putting that. So they, they were they're, they're, basically no lumped Churchill. into others, right? The other
1: Yeah. Or they just don't count, period. So
0: <laughs> I took two flyers. I took um I took a maiden. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Todd Pletcher horse that ran in the the, the Juvie that was a maiden that ran second in the Champagne. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I took um, classic Brian Lynch's horse. Uh, I've got a lot more on him actually. Interesting. I think if Brian Lynch won the Kentucky Derby, we would find out something that night. It would be the amount of beer that could be consumed by one one person. Big cloud of smoke, also. He'll still be hung over by the time they get to the debris.
1: Giant cans of Foster's. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <Beer, laughs> mate. Yeah. <beer. laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, listen. Uh, <clears throat> it's been real, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, everyone can understand what the hell we were saying, and it wasn't all garbled.
1: We're so low budget. Yeah, it's all right. We give them the raw footage. That's all. That's they got to deal with that. We're, we're true to the game.
0: To start putting out uh, um, written versions right so we can, we can post them on the wall like like Tupac lyrics I got um, <laughs> this email one time from this, this company that was doing transcripts for podcasts and they oh. gave you one free one right you could do it for free on one of them and um, you know how voice text sometimes can gargle your messages oh my god yeah they they needed to update their technology or whatever because <laughs> it was it was unreadable i mean it was like ugh, pages and pages and pages i think they did like 15 minutes and it was just 15 minutes of pages of nothing I mean, like, like, like their like, typing is just the, not, they might have got a third of the words correct yeah <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I Appreciate everyone listening as always, and it was great to see everybody. Yes. Yeah, um, shout
1: out to everybody that that uh, came up to us.
0: Yeah, a lot of people. awesome guys from Saratoga. Of course, naturally yeah. they had they had they had the mayors. Mayors. <laughs> some of the stuff the mayor was doing. So, and this was the first ever Pegasus that was held without the mayor. So he picked
1: a good one to skip as far as weather goes.
0: And Phil Berto was there somewhere. Philly was there. Yeah. Did he have your shirt on? No, it, it, the, the shirt would be like a parachute on him. Even though Leon's fat now, the old fat jockey, he's still, you know, shrimp. Really? But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was. It was. It was. It was actually a good time. And I, I know that the, they've been criticized for that a lot of the maneuvers, and you know, we've been among them. But I mean. It does give us a, a big racing day in, in early part of the season that, that just didn't exist before. And you mm-hmm. know, the Don was a fine race; it was good. There was a lot of classic additions to the Don, but but this um,
1: it's it's, it's, event- never, it's,
0: it, it's never a bad thing. I mean, yeah. listen, we, we can we could have a whole show on the logic behind the reason behind the way they do things like that, and we don't agree with like virtually any of the logic but it's not in the end it's not a bad thing and people had fun and it's never a bad thing when people come to the track and have fun right um though uh an app that makes bets for you is not going to be fun i'm just gonna say that and just leave it at that but uh next week we'll we'll have uh i'm sure we'll have more stories to talk about because this is racing and every week they're pumping out a new a new a new scandal for us to uh cut up absolutely all right again thanks everyone for listening and uh we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week hey guys i wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the going in circles digest which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we've put out that covers a, a wide variety of topics uh just lately we've added some guest columnists Said Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple of weeks back, and Julian Brown has really helped us out with some uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles. And we're going to expand on the handicapping, especially uh, you know with Julian's writing, who who used Julian used to write for American Turf Monthly, um, but it's something that uh, we we think people seem to have, be interested in. And certainly any timely topic is is something that's going to be covered, and uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and and the Triple Crown races. Uh, We also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say, you can be a guest writer. Just contact me. There's... Of a variety of ways going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest and we'll uh, we'll put you out there and we're not exactly uh at the distribution point of the new york times or anything but we do get a lot of click-ons and if you have something to say well we'll help you say it all right guys if you have any suggestions anything you want to hear about anything you want to uh read about Hit me up, goingincirclespodcast at gmail and uh, check it out, goingincirclesdigest.substack.com. free subscription. Thanks, guys.